Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are back with Rhythmia Part 9, and this isn't our last Rhythmia episode, no. but it's a big one. Oh my gosh, You've you been guys, waiting for this. This is a doozy. You didn't know, but you've been waiting for this. Right. You thought you were waiting for the SD card. You weren't. You were waiting for this. This is also our first Max Fun Drive episode. Yeah. What up, Max Fun Drive? The best two weeks of the year. Yeah. Max Fun Drive comes but once a year. Yes. And this is the best time to support us, to start donating to the show or upgrade your membership. Yeah. This is the best time and... It's not the worst of times. It's just it, the best time. Yes, that's right. You can get all sorts of cool gifts if you join or upgrade and we'll tell you about those a little further down lots the of details gifts from maximum fun bonus stretch goals from us but also if you listen to other max fun shows be sure to tune in to them this week too because these are going to be the best episodes across max fun in all the different shows so. we're bringing our a game which is why this episode today falls during max fun drive because it is a real doozy. Well, it was kind of a coincidence too, but... No, Ross, no. No, that was intentional. Okay. <laughs> but this is the main story for me that I've been waiting to tell everybody. Yeah. This is the final night of ayahuasca out of the four nights that we did it there. Yeah, tell me about it. So it was 7.30. We started this time instead of the usual 5.30, and they'd warned us in advance that this one was going to go until the morning that we were just going to go all the way till breakfast time, essentially 9 a.m. So this is going to be 14 hours of ceremony, Wow! essentially. And all day long, I'd been nervous. I'd had a really great night the previous night. And for whatever reason, I just, I wasn't ready to do it again. And they'd also warned us that we were going to be pooping mm -hmm. and peeing and that this was going to be like a really wild night. So little nervous, a lot of nervous, got on my same pajama pants that I wore almost every single night. I think one night I wore shorts and I had my shirt on and walked up with my token, handed it to the front people. We all know the drill at this point. I walk into that center area where the shamans are, mm -hmm. wanted to get another seat there. And the previous night I had sat next to Will and he had his staked out seat, which is kind of right in front of the shamans. But Jerry was sitting there. Jerry oh. Jerry trumps all. I don't know what the interaction was, but I imagine him telling Will, like, oh, sorry, buddy, this uh, is my seat. Yeah, uh, yeah this is uh, the, the Jerry throne. <laughs> right. So Jerry was there using his cell phone. What? Which is funny. That's not allowed. <laughs> right. I think of how oftentimes in a cult, mm -hmm. one of the signs of a cult is that the leadership does not have to obey the same right. rules as everybody else. I'm not saying that's what was happening here. It just it gave me that momentary chuckle. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, he was on his phone. So Will had to go find another spot somewhere. So I looked elsewhere in the room because some of those mats were all filling up across from the shamans. But over to the right of the shamans on their same side, mm -hmm. there was a cot open. So I went to go grab that one. Okay. And sitting next to me on my left, closer to the shamans, was a woman I'm going to call Dana. I would guess in her early 40s, very beautiful woman. And then on my right, there was an empty cop, but clearly someone was there. And it was Rhiannon who came to join us. Our old friend who we'd met before, her husband has stage four cancer. Oh, right. Yes. So we got to talk a lot more and 
she's just such a sweet person. Yeah. And it was interesting how similar our stories were. We were sharing notes. She's been married for 20 years. They were high school sweethearts. Same thing with me and my wife. So we were comparing a lot of these stories. She was recommending that I watch the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. So that's still on my my list of films I need to watch. Yeah, it was was tied to the conversation somehow. Hmm. Can't remember which aspect. Also talked with Dana for a while. I should mention, in advance, they had warned us to bring a second set of clothes. Oh. Which seems a little disconcerting. Because you might vomit and poop all over them? Well, they didn't spell out why you should bring a second set of Uh clothes. But that seemed pretty clearly the implication that we're going to get very messy tonight. Oh, boy. Okay. So I did bring along my Rhythmia bag and I had a second set of clothes in there just in case. Okay. My shorts and a different shirt. Also, at the door, they were asking, they had some of the women shamans or assistants asking the crowd... Hey, is anyone on their moon cycle? Ah, yes. If so, come and talk to us privately. (laughs) It won't be obvious. (laughs) You're right. Now that we've said that, no one will be watching you walk to the side to talk talk to to us us. privately. So that's a little disconcerting, even though I've never been on my moon cycle, Mm -hmm. just knowing that this is needed for the fourth night. Well, I talked to a couple of the women the next day who weren't allowed to partake in the ceremony because- Really? Yeah. Oh, so there were multiple women. There were three, I think, who I talked to the next day. I don't know if there were more than that. Interesting. I wonder if they get a refund. Nope. Oh. I asked one of them that. Oh. I asked Rosemary if she got, because they should give her a quarter of her plant medicine uh, fee back. Yeah. Or warn women beforehand so they can like take birth control through it if they want to. Right. Oh, yeah. And just yeah. avoid the moon cycle altogether. Right. Huh. 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 Okay. But yeah, apparently that's part of the tradition for some people is that you can't partake if you're on the rag. Now, I wonder if that is from a medical standpoint or if that's from a cleanliness. Oh, you're oh, shaking I your head now. so. Yeah, because... That was my first thought was that this could get really bad, you know, just messy for oh, someone gotcha. on their moon cycle. Oh, maybe that's like a... But you thought it was effect. like a purity thing. We don't want unclean women here. Well, yeah, the, the way it was told to me, at least, was that that particular shaman just doesn't let women on their periods uh, do the ceremony because they're, I don't know, temporarily unholy. Okay. Huh. <laughs> huh. Well, he is from Israel. Okay. Might be a connection there. Oh, is it? Oh, because uh, in the Jewish faith, there's similar yeah. restrictions. I, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know what the connections are here. But yeah, we had yet another shaman for tonight. But this was the night of all shamans. So all the previous shamans had come in. Oh, wow. And cool. were in attendance. And <laughs> were now... Oh, yeah. He was there. And they were all serving as assistants. And everybody's here. Except, I guess, for these women who have been now right. turned away. <laughs> Ostracized. And Carrie, who is enjoying dinner, probably. Oh, yeah. Gotta go get that sweet dinner. (laughs) So we got our hits of rapé, and I got mine from Chad, the shaman from the second night. Okay. And he has these very clear, intense blue eyes. And I told him that I was nervous going into this night. And he blessed me. Nice. Made his blessing noises and everything. So that was nice. And the rapé had a pretty mild effect relatively. I felt like I had gotten a good balance of how to receive the rapé without having it overwhelm me or underwhelm me, I guess. I was whelmed. (laughs) So just for anybody who doesn't remember, the rapé is the tobacco mixture that they blow into your nose. Right. It's very unpleasant. (laughs) Up each nostril. So I got a little bit of discombobulation from it, but... 
That was okay. Your vestibular system was intact. Uh-huh. Now, I wanted to ask you, you're three nights in at this point. You're on your fourth night. Jerry told us that about one in every 300 people has what he calls a freak out, where they're having like a really terrible experience and they're screaming and they're running around and stuff. Did you witness that at all? <laughs> you're asking me this. Yes, yes, I did witness that. I mean, on your previous nights. No, no, not on the previous nights. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. Cool. And somehow I don't remember him saying that. Oh, okay. Somehow I missed out on that note about one in 300 people having a freak out. Well, he said, if it happens, just focus on you, like, just don't interfere at all. And that usually when people have that experience, then later they're like, I had the best time, which seems doubtful. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I know through his filter... I'm sure them saying like, it was awful, it was miserable, turns into like, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I was psyching myself up in my notes. I wrote, I can do this. I'm going to make it. Just breathe in all caps. And yeah, I was just really nervous about slipping into this and seeing all the dark stuff again. We hadn't taken our ayahuasca yet, though. So it took a while to get started. And I was okay with that. Everyone was just sort of milling about, doing things, getting things in order. The shaman came up finally. We're going to call him Micah. Okay, cool. And I, I didn't realize till later that he's from Israel. But if you had told me that he was indigenous, I would have believed it. Mm. He has darker skin, very tan, leathery skin, very interesting look to him. Uh, and he was wearing a hat. He did have beads. I remember that much. I can't remember too much about how he was dressed. But he was talking about how he studied in the Amazon and how this brew helps you speak with the spirits. And he does this whole introduction like we've never done this before. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And I was really thinking, like, does he know this is our fourth <laughs> night? Oh, yeah. Because he was... Yeah, in- that's weird. He was introducing us one by one to all these implements saying, oh, this is the Weera. It comes from the root of this plant and that you should find it where few people are. And he mentioned the wind element, and he was talking about the sky element and the ground. On nights two and three, did the shaman act like you hadn't heard about this before? The second night, there was a lot of introduction talk Okay. that almost made me feel that way, too. Okay. Th- third night, I would say there was less of that. Okay. I think they realized, oh, yeah, we- we've done this. Let's start again. There was definitely an introduction, but it wasn't anything to the length of what happened huh. on the other nights. Interesting. So, yeah, this went on for quite a while, and he kind of introduced his own philosophy, told us about the Chandu and how it brings your energy field back to the beginning. That's that alcohol spray that they blow at you. They put it in their mouths and then... Oh, that reminds me, Ross. We got to do our spritzing of the tincture. Oh, good. I'll do that while you talk. Good thing you remembered. Okay. Um, Also, uh, there's a perfume uh, that they have with sweet herbs in it. So he's introducing all these things that they're going to use. Oh, thank you. Okay, Mm -hmm. my turn. Okay, okay, good job. Thank you very much. Okay. Reconnecting with mother. So he told us how it was going to go. We would have two hours of silence after we took our first cup. Oh, wow. And I wrote, no. Because <laughs> I do not observe the sacred silence. That's what I intensely fear under the influence of ayahuasca is just nothing but silence. So great. Oh, like no music. I get right. it. Oh, right. Yeah, you're going to take this medicine, then you're on your own. Good luck. Oh, jeez. Okay. He said that after two or three hours, they would offer the second cup. Okay. And then later on, they would offer a healing. Uh, And so that's when we all come in and sit in a semicircle. Uh-huh. But men and women separately and in groups, they would kind of bring us up because they can't fit everybody. But around the altar area where the shaman are, they'll have these healings. 
Do you know what that was going to consist of? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, they told us they would be saying prayers over us, chanting, I think using the Weera and the Chandu. Okay. And kind of centering us emotionally to help bring us back home after. We were told that all diseases and all emotional upsets are caused by the splitting of the soul and the ego and that people have had cancer cured while doing ayahuasca. Did you get the impression that the healing was for things like that? I I think the idea was that this is to kind of sum up the experience and, you know, wherever you're at, however discombobulated you've become or separated, this is the time to merge and be at one. Okay. And we're going to get you back to a healthy place. Ah, right. Essentially with this healing ceremony. So if your cancer does go away, we'll take credit for it. But if not, that's not what we said. I didn't even feel like it was healing tied to physical maladies. Okay. I think it was purely treated on a spiritual realm. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, I, I I didn't get any sense of the cancer aspect. We were also told that for the healing, men should take their shirts off. Oh, okay. And that women should show as much skin as is appropriate. You know, Mm. if they have maybe a bra underneath and they're willing to uh, let that show. But mainly for men, yeah, definitely take that shirt off. We were also warned kind of where we could go and not go. He referred to the deck outside. There's that long wooden deck Mm -hmm. outside of the flight deck. I think he called it the Maloka. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that term is, but he said it's okay to go there or you can go to the fire. There's a fire pit right outside in front of the building, kind of centered, and it's surrounded by grass. And over to the right, from my perspective, being on the same side as the shamans, you have that labyrinth thing that we'd walk through. So that's the basic layout of the building and its immediate environs. But they didn't want you wandering out like we had on previous nights. Okay. Uh, Preferably stay in your cots. And was the fire lit? Yes, the fire was lit. And he said to respect the fire. (laughs) <laughs> and don't jump in the fire people on ayahuasca well, and one guy raised his hand and he said is it okay if i spit in the fire <laughs> and M- micah turned to him and said no why would you do that is that something that you do oh shit <laughs> yeah and the guy's shit, like micah. yeah sometimes just as you know like a yeah, habit i'll spit in the fire i think this was uh my friend that i'd made over at the mud bath from canada i think it was him okay Anyways, he said, yeah, I just sometimes do that, but that's cool. I can I cannot do that. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, that's 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 horrible. Oh, wow. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, he just saw that it's so disrespectful to the fire. Oh, wow. Just spit into the fire. I thought that was pretty, Yikes. <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> for whatever reason that triggered him. He had an interesting English where he'd say funny little phrases. So he told us that we need to purge on our forceps. Saying oh, that uh-huh. she get down on your arms. Right. And we'd already been told many times the pose to get into when we're going to purge, throw mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But he explained that to us again. He reminded us to keep the noble silence and said that uh, we'll collect your cell phones and tomorrow we'll sell them. And <laughs> everybody had a good laugh at that. Jerry was still on his phone at this point. So, oh, wow. Yeah, just kind of checking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. Wow, Jerry. <laughs> so I assume they took it away from him at some point. Not very good modeling. Well, everybody had probably left their phones back in their rooms yeah. already, as had I. But I mean, modeling of the, you know, the reverence. Right. He also warned us that you can't outthink the medicine. Mm. And he also was very intent that we all state our intentions. And he actually had us go around and every single person in that area that had grouped around him 
state what their intention was oh, for wow. the night. What was your intention? Yeah. So as it was going around, I was thinking, oh, shoot, I was just going to follow the ayahuasca again. Uh-huh. So I, I better clearly think of my intention. So, yeah, everyone was kind of struggling with that. And you could tell the people who went first were caught unawares. Yeah. But as we got farther through the crowd, everyone had pretty well stated intentions. So mine was to release myself from the distractions that keep me from the things that matter. Okay. So that's cool. like something I actually wanted to accomplish in life. Right. So then we were called up, men separately. Now I'm super tempted to distract you as you're talking, but I, I will withhold that urge. Thanks. Well, good. <laughs> that is the ayahuasca keeping you at bay. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were called up, men and women separately, to get our new mixture. This was the Colombian blend. Okay. Our cool, final blend. Cool. We had been warned that it would be a different texture, and sure enough, it was not like a liquid. It was thick and goopy and gross. Yes, like a stew. Not even that. It was more like a paste, like a like a very light, airy toothpaste almost. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was. So he'd turn around and they'd kind of pour it into the cup, and took a little more effort, and came to the top of the cup. And when he hands it to you from previous servings, there's already the sticky texture on the outside of the cup. Uh-huh. And it it's like a really persistent stickiness. Okay. So for the rest of the night, I could feel Ugh. little bits of that stickiness on my hand. Oh, which isn't what you want on a drug that makes you feel disgusted easily. Exactly. And and so then if you brush up against your clothes, you've got that little bit of stickiness on your Ugh. clothes. So just every now and then you get this little landmine of, ew, gross, sticky Ugh. texture. And Terrible. you had to more swallow it and choke it down than drink it. Because uh-huh. it wasn't a fluid. It was this foam. And so the the flavor itself Ugh. was fine. It was almost sweet in the okay. flavor. But then they'd quickly give you some water to kind of wash out your mouth. Yeah, okay, good. Because otherwise it's just sitting there cloying and gross. So did that. Still, my mouth wasn't fully cleaned out. I've, I'd had my druthers. I'd sit there for a while like, okay, give me another hit of water. Right. So we were instructed to spit that out in our Amigos. Okay. So did that. Finally put something in my Amigo. <laughs> So I knew I was going to be sitting there for two hours, maybe three hours, in silence, in the dark. They'd turned down the lights already, facing loneliness and disgust, and I was not thrilled about this. And I was also worried because I'd finally had the thought, oh no, what if it you know, really gives me some horrible vision of, of my family or something oh, bad sure. happening? And so just that I had invited that thought scared me. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I want to hear how terrible it went, but... I think that there's something else exciting that's happening right now. Oh, you mean like a fun drive? Yes! Fun! A maximally fun drive! Okay, guys. Here it is. Maximum fun drive. Oh, man, you guys. This is the best time of the year to support us. And when you become a member of MaxFun, you support all the shows on the network, but you especially support this show, which is expensive and time-consuming, and we put so much love and work into the show. We do, and you know firsthand, you've been listening to our investigations. We travel, well, around the world sometimes, and all over the place trying different things. Sometimes they cost a lot of money. There's a lot of preparation involved. It's a lot of work. It really is. So if you enjoy what we do and you want to support us, this is the best way to do it and the best time to do it because there are all of these great incentives and rewards for becoming a sustaining monthly member of Maximum Fun. That's right. And 
There are donation levels for everybody. If you want to pay $5 a month, we've got a level for you. If you want to pay $200 a month, we've got a level for you. And there are levels all the way in between. The memberships that really sustain us are at the $10, $20, and $35 levels. Those are the most common levels, and that's what really keeps MaxFun going. We want to send a special thank you to all of our Maximum Fun members who are already supporting us. Yes. You are the best. We appreciate you. And you really do make this possible. It's really true. If you listen to this show a few years ago, you'll see we didn't get to take on as big of investigations, put as much time into them. But now we can because of your support. So thank you so much. Yeah. So thanks to all our existing members, but you can join them. And if you choose to upgrade to a higher level, you can get these same prizes and help support us even more. Exactly. So if you join at the $5 level, you get a bunch of bonus content from all the Max Fun shows, not just ours. But we do have some already in the bank, and you'll be able to access ones from previous years as well. Yeah, so we hours and hours of content. Right. We have bonus conversations with a former member of Gene Scott's church. Mm-hmm. And a former member of the Self-Realization Fellowship. Yep. You can also hear, I think this is one of our best bonus episodes, a firewalking investigation. That's right. Whole separate investigation for donors only. Also, we have some fun commentary tracks. We did a Star Wars commentary last year. There's a brand new commentary track where we watch Thrive. Thrive. What on earth will it take? That is the subtitle. It's a documentary that was given to us at Rhythmia. And you can listen to it live with... Carrie and myself and Kara and Drew also came to watch it with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we weren't being too gracious toward it. We kind of oh kind of tore that thing apart. Well, it's totally different from what we expected. I'll tell you that much. It's a free documentary on YouTube. So you can watch it along with us. As we watch. As we watch. Yeah. And listen, you guys. If you join at the $10 level or upgrade to the $10 level, uh-huh. boy, do you get a good prize so maximum fun has this great artist megan lynn not and she's done bonuses in the past she's done these great paintings and last year she made a pin design of a planchette from an ouija board this year she made a new pin for ona ross and carrie and it's got an owl yeah it's an owl sitting in front of like a blue background with stars on it and he's saying oh no Oh my gosh. It is so good. It's so great. I'm going to upgrade my membership so I can get one of these. Oh, you should. Seriously, I'm upgrading my membership to get one of those pins because it's fantastic. Nice. And we'll come back in our next pledge break with more of these exclusives that you get. But at $5, you get all of those downloads of content, not just for our show, but for all the Maximum Fun shows. And at $10, you get that and this awesome owl pin design. Pretty amazing. We're also going to be announcing later in this episode what our specific on-rack goals are and what you can unlock for yourself and others. So keep on listening. We'll tell you more of the story and uh, we'll take another pledge break in just a bit. So I sat on my mat with this thick, gross ayahuasca in my system and I fought it. Wait, you can't fight the medicine. Yeah, you're not supposed to fight the medicine. (laughs) Well, here's what I did. I pictured in my mind just visiting various places. I did sort of a memory palace technique, not to memorize something, but just to walk through physical locations because I thought, well, place memories are so strong. Maybe I can just get through the bad period without going through the bad period. 
And huh. Okay. So I interesting th- theory. Yeah, I just wanted to see. Okay, is this strong enough to override what ayahuasca is going to do to me? Okay. And so mentally, right? I had not too long ago. I had visited the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, and so I just mentally walked into the park and I walked down towards the Giant Dipper and visited things along the way. Oh, look, there's the Haunted Castle ride. And oh, now I'm at this stand that sells pizza and walked through there and got back. And then I'd sort of run out of that place. So I went to work and I walked all around work and I went on the various floors across different offices. And so that one kept me occupied for a while. And then I went to my old childhood home. I walked around that. And then I went to my current apartment and walked around that. And so I just tried visiting these various places in my head And I guess it worked, whatever worked means, in that I didn't have any other visions that took over. Oh, I see. Okay. So I was just sitting there in my mat. Now, I was starting to move around and jerk around. And Mm -hmm. I'd had a lot of that the previous night where my body would be taken over and move. And that was happening here as well, where my arm would just kind of spasm and shoot out and, and wiggle and just flop around, flail on its own. And sometimes the other... Are you um, all hitting each other then if multiple people are doing this? That's a good question. As far as I know, I was the only one doing the flopping. Okay. And my legs would also jerk out every now and then. So I just had these kind of involuntary body movements. So that was definitely happening. But visually, everything was just kind of empty except for what I was picturing (laughs) as places. So I assume this went on for a couple hours because they did eventually start playing some music and then I just became, once again, a visualization plugin for that music, just sort of oh, uh-huh. moving around to the beat. And, oh, okay, now there's a beat. So my arm's just going to whip back and forth uh, along right, with that with beat. The beat. Uh-huh. And definitely what they said was true about the bowel movements oh. being associated with this. So okay. starting to feel my stomach gurgle, Ugh. hearing the borborygmus of my stomach as things are shifting around. I wonder how often people don't get to that bathroom. Oh, goodness. Well, there was competition for the bathroom tonight. Let me tell you. So, yeah, everybody is either already using their amigos to vomit or you hear them scuttling off to the bathroom. And so at some point, I really had to pee. I peed every night at least once. And every time I did, it was like, whoa, that was a big pee. Oh, wow. I think because we were prehydrating for every night. Uh That uh was part of this. But also... For whatever reason, I think this is sort of a... Maybe a diuretic. Yeah, exactly. So I wandered off to the bathroom, I think, the first time. And already there was goopy stuff on the floor. Ew! Yeah, and I wasn't sure, like, uh uh-oh, what... Uh, Is this coming from someone puking? Or... Pooping? Yeah, but it wasn't... Wasn't water. Whatever Uh, it was. I don't like this. Yeah. So I'm feeling, like, a bit of it on my feet. And I'm trying to roll up my pajama pants because... I'm thinking, oh, no, they're getting dragged through whatever this crap is. Oh, God. So, yeah, I'm just feeling that stickiness, and I'm trying to, in the dim light, just kind of make it where I can put my feet to not put it in a puddle of something. Oh, my God. So that's gross. Oh, my God. That's terrible. So I do my peeing. I get back. But then almost immediately, I lay down, and I really feel my stomach pick up. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to poop. Oh, no. And so I kind of worked my way back there. I, I tried to hold off as long as I could. But, yeah, went back. And then pooped, managed to get it all in the toilet. I don't know how well everybody else is doing that or how well they're doing at that. But I made my way then back. Okay, all right. And immediately it started up again, the stomach. I'm feeling queasy and gross. Definitely want to throw up at this point. So I'm feeling a lot of things, but I'm just not having the visions 
at this point. Uh-huh. You're having a body. Didn't he call that a body? Oh, yeah. That's true. There was a term for that. Yeah, where your body is reacting, but you're not having any visions or anything. Right. So at this point, they offered a second cup. Okay. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just wildly twitching. I'm feeling my stomach is upset. I've managed to avoid the dark visions of disgust and depression and aloneness and all of those horrible feelings, inappropriateness, all of that I've managed to avoid. But I'm sitting there thinking other people are going up for the second cup. I'm waiting, just waiting it out for the other people thinking, I really don't, I don't need another cup. I'd be happy just to let this whole evening go Yeah, and just kind of leave it there as I twitch. But I thought... I should really go back and get a second one. I should have the full experience. Oh, boy. This is a little too easy, Ross. (laughs) And so I went up and got my second cup. I took off my shirt because I noticed almost all the men already had their shirts off. So, all right, get in on that. I've done the flex belt. This is fine. (laughs) And so I told Micah, he did ask me, how are you doing? Wanted to check up on me. I said, well, I haven't had any visions, but... I do have all this twitching. And oh, so you were able to communicate clearly like that. Oh, That's oh, yeah. impressive. And I felt of a pretty clear mind at this point. Huh, yeah, okay. I felt more in control of my senses than I really had on any of the previous So I'm nights. picturing you like speaking completely lucidly, but your arms are just like shooting off in all oh, directions. Oh, yeah. They're oh, just, my gosh. How funny. As I'm standing in line, there'd just be these little spasms. And, right. and they can see me as I'm in line while they're dealing with other people. So they know they've been seeing me in line. This guy, me, has been jerking around and making sudden movements. So I'm just this guy. I'm just this guy on a cot in Costa Rica. <laughs> so I told him about all of that, and he blessed me with oil on okay. a weira. So he kind of poured this oil on the weira and then shook it over me. And he said, okay, well, just breathe softly and don't fight the movements. Okay. Go ahead. And he chanted for a little while with me. And uh, so I had my second cup, same thick, gross mixture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. went and laid back down. Was it the same amount or were they like, ah, you've had enough, sir? No, I'd say it was another full cup. Okay. Yeah, there was a fair amount of it. Had to really choke it down and then try to wash it out again. I also had this cough that had been bugging me all night. You know, thinking about it just makes it worse. So every now and then I'd cough and try not to. But the more you think about it, the more you cough. So that was annoying. Do you think other people were even cognizant of your coughing or is everybody pretty much in their own world? I think they are, because especially on ayahuasca, your ears are so attuned to everything around you and incorporating it. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm sure my coughs were interpreted and pulled into everybody else's experience. So someone else is like, and I went to a hospital, and there were people (laughs) coughing all around me. Maybe, maybe. So I sat there, I wrote in my notes that I went to dance by the fire for a while. Whoa, cool, man. I did that, yeah, just because, you know, my body really wanted to move, and I'm allowed to go to the fire. So I went over there dancing to, uh-huh. to the music that I could still hear inside. Right. And you're doing very like power line, goofy movie moves right now. Very yeah. Jerky little moves to the side. That was maybe a little more what I was doing. Doing a different dance for Carrie. <laughs> and uh, this is exactly what you expect at an ayahuasca retreat. People dancing by a fire. I guess so. It, I was feeling very uncomfortable. My stomach hurt. I wanted to throw up. I had my amigo with me and I was really hoping I would. I remember a helper did come by to ask me how long I'd been there. And I said, about five minutes, which seemed right to me. Uh Who knows? But I think I'd been there about five minutes. And he was okay with that. All right. All right. He's like, no, sir, you've been here one week. (laughs) If I had been there too long, I'm assuming he would have encouraged me to go back inside. But he let me stay. And then I just started getting more uncomfortable. So I laid down next to the fire for a while. But I went back 
laid down on my mat again. Okay, I'm uh, going to wait for the bowel movements. And I wrote in my notes, because I'm still fairly lucid, I'll take this body spasm and bowel movements over mental anguish any day. Oh, yeah. I wrote, I went number one and number two. I'm sure I'll be back at the bathroom soon. And that was the last of my notes for a long time. Okay. And yes, I was back at the bathroom very soon because after I wrote that, I had to go poop again. Mm-hmm. I maybe laid down on my mat and instantly had to go poop again. Oh, man. So I, I hope their plumbing is good there. Me too. This was my first time using the bathroom on that side of the room. All the previous nights, the other one had been the closer bathroom for me. I didn't use that same first bathroom again, but the other one was still sticky of floor, and I had to be <gasps> careful to avoid whatever oh. whatever was there. God. And I remember laying down and then just starting to feel really uncomfortable in my own skin, and just there's no comfortable position. They were starting to burn some of these other aromas and move them around and I was just grossed out by I'm like oh I don't I don't want to smell that Mm. and I don't want to hear the music so intensely oh I just I want to get away (laughs) so I'm just feeling this need like oh I just need to get away from everything so I go back outside and I go lay by the fire again and I just kind of put my head down on the stone slab there's Mm -hmm. slabs on each side of the fire and so I kind of lay down on one for a while, and then I try to go face down and feel the coolness of the rock. Now it's a little too cold, and I try to lay on my back, and there's just no way for me to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I start muttering, oh, I hate this. Oh. oh, I hate this. Oh, no. And so then I try to move, and I'm going to get off of the slab and maybe try the ground, and I, I fall off of the slab, and I hit my head on the cement. <gasps> Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know this. Okay. Ow. All right. That's fine. Oh, jeez. But I'm I'm starting to be a little more out of it. Uh-huh. And so I go lay on the grass for a bit. Oh, this is scratchy. Oh, I don't like this either. And I'm trying to lay on my side. And I feel the ants crawling up on me. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm, There's a lot of ants there, including fire ants. So I'm trying to brush off the ants. Yeah, I didn't feel any of them bite me, at least. That's but good. I could definitely feel them crawling on me. Oh, no, no. Get off me. Oh, this is awful. I hate this. Oh, I hate this. So someone comes to check on me after a while. And I think this is the point where I realize that I have developed this aversion to anyone getting anywhere close to me. Oh, no. Okay. I just don't want anyone to touch me. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want anyone to be within 20 feet of me. Oh, wow. Okay. So they come over to check on me. I think at this point I had tried to walk back into the room because I remember the first conversation happening where I had come up to the wooden deck and I'd sat there for a little while. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I felt super uncomfortable. I wanted to get back down on the ground where I could kind of lay down and get ready to vomit because I really wanted to throw up. Oh, that would have felt so good if I could just throw up. And so I started to get off of the deck and I fell down and hit my head again on the cement. Oh, my God. And so this guy comes up to talk to me. He says, hey, and I, said, I just I need I need you to back off, please. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's not you. This it's is just, you talking. Yeah, I just I need to be alone right now. Mm-hmm. And he says, OK, well, I just want to make sure you like you don't hit your head or anything. I said, well, too late. Because <laughs> I remember I'd hit my head twice by then. Right. But yeah, that wasn't even bothering me too much. But I'm just hunched over my bucket. I want to puke into the Amigo. Please just let me throw up. Yeah. Already at this point, I'm trying to gag myself a little bit with my fingers yeah. to make it happen. Bet. And it's not. And so <sighs> I'll kind of like dry, heave, and retch and maybe spit into the bucket, but I'm not getting any actual throw up oh my god and i'm just miserable and so uh, people come out a few times Uh, this goes on for a very long time where i'm out on the cement there 
And I remember at one point someone was coming from the fire direction because I'm over towards the wooden deck now. So someone's coming from that fire direction. I don't know if they were even trying to engage with me, but I didn't realize they were there. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up all of a sudden to see this person peering over me and went, oh, oh, God, and just yelled out super loud and scared him. He jumped back. (laughs) And it was just this like primal panic. Right, right. And I don't know if I've ever yelled out in that kind of fear before. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I just, I need to be alone. Please, please back away from this me right now. sounds like any time my mother is startled though. Just oh, really? Oh my God. You can just like turn a corner and she doesn't expect you. And she's like, <laughs> scream oh, no. at the top of her lungs. She's very startleable. I hope I didn't drive anybody off the road. <laughs> we've got, we've gotten feedback from people before where we've nearly made them crash. Oh. I, I hope that didn't happen. <laughs> me too. And so I'm miserable there. I hate this. I fucking hate this. I hate this so much. Oh, make no, this stop. Poor Ross. Make this stop. And it's just, uh, I'm having a hard time breathing still. That, that's that been affecting me all along. My throat just feels kind of clogged up and I'm still feeling a bit of that thick texture back there blocking yeah. my airway. And I've had a sore throat and sort of thick phlegm. And so this <sighs> is, breathing isn't easy. So I'm focusing on that. But then my my heart doesn't feel quite right getting a new heart maybe yeah it wasn't opened up or anything i didn't have a heart surgery okay but my heart's not feeling right my stomach is just in knots and roiling and and i want to throw up but i also need to poop Uh and i'm just so miserable and there's no comfortable position for me so someone else comes to talk to me and i'm telling them to get away and they say, okay, well, I just think maybe you'll be more comfortable on the grass. So I, okay, okay. So I go out to the grass and I feel the ants all over me and I'm trying to knock them off. Oh, I hate this. I fucking hate this. But God. I'm thinking, okay, well, at least this is nicer than the cement. It's not as cold. It's not as hard and unforgiving. Though the, the grass is very scratchy and you can feel the dirt right underneath it. <sighs> so at this point, I think... They start to realize like, oh, something's wrong with this guy. So occasionally people come out to check on me and I'll tell them to get back. But as this is happening, I'm feeling my consciousness shrink down. Whoa. And like on that first night when I would talk to you, I felt like I was a few layers underneath. Right. I felt that like I was removed from the mechanics of my voice and speaking and even seeing. Uh And what I would see would be. You're in in the sunken place. In the sunken place. And what I would see would be in this intense fish eye. So if something was close to me, I would see it very large and taking up most of my vision. But if, you know, your distance from me right now is about five feet. Uh-huh. And you would be almost hard to see. Someone Whoa. someone at 10 feet away, I'd have to really squint for. You know, like, wait, Whoa. where are they? So, yeah, anything farther away looked really tiny. Okay. So I had this modified vision, and I just felt my consciousness kind of shrivel up and shrink inside of me. So oh, my God. there's just less Ross there. Oh, my God. What a creepy feeling. And this went on for... I can't know for sure, but I have to assume hours Mm -hmm. because I remember I'm crawling around on the grass trying to get away from people. They're coming to look at me occasionally and ask me how I am. And I'm just saying, sorry, I know you're trying to help, but please go away. Ross is waving his arms over his head in a a do not come near. I did a lot of that, like just putting up my hand and I would roll over. I remember just doing a lot of this. I would kind of somersault on the grass and just put my hand up violently, just kind of get that stop sign, but Uh just uh back off. Get away. Stop in the name of love. Get the hell away from me kind of thing. Stop or my mom will shoot. (laughs) 
So there were some concerned faces and sometimes I'd look up and I wouldn't see anyone. So I don't know if they were just beyond my vision, but sometimes people would come out and there'd be shamans trying to check on me. Oh, we'd really like you to come return with us to the circle. No, 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 I can't be near anyone right now. I need to be alone. Oh yeah. Then they'd leave me alone for a while. But this went on long enough. It felt like hours and it must have been because the light started coming up. Like it was starting to become daytime. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So I was miserable like this for, I want to say four, five hours, something like that. So I found myself eventually over in the middle of the lawn where they didn't want us going. They wanted us to stay much closer to the flight deck. And I'm next to the labyrinth, kind Mm -hmm. of in that area and rolling over and just being miserable and muttering over and over how much I hate this, how much I fucking hate this. Mm -hmm. It's getting light. And I remember the first shaman, our (laughs) shaman, Uh coming out at the head of a group and they came in and they were really encouraging me to come in, come back, join the rest of us. I remember I tried to get up at this point, stand up Uh for the first time in a while. Uh And I was just starting to see the the rising, wasn't seeing the sun, but the sky was starting to get lighter. And as I stood up, I really just felt everything sort of flicker, like the light would go down and then up and and change colors. And it became like sort of an Instagram filter sort of thing where everything turned sort of bluish and greenish and then orangish and back to bluish greenish. And I'm still in that fisheye mode. But I see him, I think, closest to me at that moment. Who? The first shaman. Oh, okay. I got this sudden feeling that I'm dying. This is the end. Oh, fuck. I'm going to die. And it wasn't a feeling of, oh, I might lose consciousness. Uh-huh. I thought if I lose consciousness, I will die. Okay. And and I think you told me before that you felt like your organs shutting down. Everything feels awful inside my body. It's just this roiling torment of misery oh my from my God. stomach to my chest, to my breathing. And this is also where I realized that I've lost the ability to censor my speech or control what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like normally I have 93% control over what comes out of my mouth sure (laughs) and at this point i've gone down to maybe two or three percent oh wow so so it's all just happening without you yes so we get a few hours of just ross's stream of conscious that's what's going to happen now (laughs) that you didn't even probably know were your stream of conscious thoughts i mean are they just coming out yeah Yeah, it's just coming out oh i had this thought so now you get to hear it oh i'm thinking this thing now and you get to hear this So at first, I'm realizing this. I'm staggering on my feet as I'm trying to get up, and I'm seeing the lights flicker on me, like the world flickering. Mm -hmm. And I I only feel like there's just this tiny thread of Ross that still can control and reach onto the outside world. And I'm just seeing... And that 2 or 3% of Ross must be terrified of how he's coming off. And Yes. Okay. So that that all comes into this. So I'm seeing, we called him Gene. And I say, okay, all right, I hold on. This is really scary. I feel like I'm dying. Oh my God. I, this isn't good. This is really bad. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I know you're trying to help me, but I, I need some time alone. And then I remember turning to him and looking at him. I remember his big blue eyes mm-hmm. was kind of the closest thing I could see. And I said, I think I need to go to the hospital. Okay. So no problem. What we've been told is if you have a problem and you need to go to the ICU, they'll rush you down there. That's like the selling point of Rhythmia. You are always safe. You are at a licensed hospital. And if we can't take care of it, we'll take you to the ER. So they rushed you down the hill, right? Nope. What? They tried to treat me spiritually. They they would occasionally come out and maybe chant and (sighs) hit me with the chandu and spit that at me. 
But the no. Fuck. And in my mind, I've now projected this. I think I need to go to the hospital. And I imagine this whisper network connecting and they're moving now and they're getting ready and they're going to do something about this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's what, that's what I'm picturing is going to happen. Because that's what they should do. You know, I see this look of panic in his face. He mm-hmm. has this mix of concern and panic and oh shit. Uh-huh, what right. am I going to do with the situation? And so... This is Ross Stream of Consciousness Hour. So I'm saying everything that comes to mind. So I'm saying, okay, I know this is scary to hear and I get it. I know what we're doing here right now. We're having a ceremony and everybody's just trying to be a better person and make a connection and have healing. But I'm dying right now. And, oh, and I know I just brought this to a different level and I'm sorry. I don't want to make this all about me, oh. but I feel like I'm dying right now. This can't be the end. Oh, yeah. And and oh, I've, terrifying. I've never had any particular fear of dying. It's not something that weighs heavily on my conscience. Don't give it a lot of thought. Mortality doesn't bother me as a concept that I'm going to die someday. I get right. that. But in this moment, as I feel I'm actually going to die if I lose consciousness, I fucking fight. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's what it feels like. This is a fight for my life. I need to stay alive. Yeah. And I just I remember seeing the ground as I would kind of stagger around and there were little dips and reveal. I think it was maybe the labyrinth I was walking up towards. I'm not sure, but I would see little features on the ground as I'm staggering around on the salon. Then people would come up to come grab me even. They would sometimes touch me. I'd say, no, 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 back off. No, no, I need to be alone right now. Back off. I need you to go away. And there was a little part of me, again, I, I'm only observing from the outside helplessly as I say things, right. but I realized like I was trying not to be rude about it. Right, right. And so I was just saying, you know, I need for you to go away right now. Right, right. Someone told me later that I would get sing-songy about it from time to time. Say, <laughs> I need you to go away. <laughs> and I would, I would oh be like my waving my arms at people. So I'm staggering around and then I'll see little clumps of people surround me. And one thing I'm not considering is the fact that they're under the influence of this as well right and they've been told that if someone has a freak out just like don't intervene so they must feel pretty torn about this right so there will be some keeping an eye on me and there will be a bunch of people and then there'll be a few people and then i'll see people in the distance barely far away really really tiny so i'm not sure how big of an audience i have as yeah, i'm doing this right i'm telling them to back off but at the same time i'm just narrating my death and i'm telling them exactly what i'm seeing and i'm trying to describe it and say okay well here's what i can see right now you look really far away to me you look very friendly and i know you're trying to help but could you please walk away it's making me uncomfortable the way you're looking at me i'm saying stuff like that oh my god they asked me at some point i think this comes later but they do ask me if i would want some water Uh uh-huh and i say yes okay i think i'm ready for water that's something you can do to help me yes thank you and I'm starting this whole narrative about how I, all right, I'm, I'm trying to fight for this. I'm trying to live. And they said, good, we want you to live. And yeah. I remember hearing <laughs> okay, that. Okay, good, good, good. And I said, okay. And, and I'm just, I'm. Take him to the hospital, guys. I'm just saying everything that comes to mind, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you and hopefully you can help me. We're going to work together, right? Can someone say they're, they're I, I can't see you, but can someone say that you're working with me? And they'd say, yeah, yeah, we're working with you. Okay, good. So that was encouraging. And then they'd bring me the water. And it was so weird. The residuals from that ayahuasca blend, this Colombian, this awful, awful Colombian blend, <laughs> it would taste like pop rocks in my mouth. I don't know if there's like carbon dioxide in there or what, but as I would drink water, I would just feel like at the back of my throat, it would crackle dryly with all of these feels like pop rocks. Someone uh-huh. threw a bunch of pop rocks in your mouth. And so I would kind of choke the water down. It was choking every time, but I get it down. Okay. All right. I think that helped bring me some more. I'd go through the glass. 
And this played out for hours. Me stumbling around. And in my mind, they're all mobilizing. And I forget that they're under the influence as well. In my mind, they're conversing amongst themselves saying, oh, shit. And, And so I'm narrating this whole thing. Oh, I know you're all scared right now. You don't want this to happen. You don't want this guy to die on your lawn. I get it. I'm I, I came here for a podcast. I'm a guy who does a podcast. <laughs> My name is Ross Blotcher. I know that. I'm, I'm aware of who clever. I am. I well, I do start talking about my intelligence too. I say like <laughs> Oh, well, you know, this guy, he's very aware with what little is left of him. It must be very impressive that he can rattle off like this and that he's, he's still cogent on this level. Oh, he uses words like cogent. And I, I can't remember everything I said, but I think oh at, some, at some point I was using a big word that came out. I said, oh, that was a great word. Good job, Ross. And I'm saying, okay, I, I can see it in your eye. You're afraid. I'm so sorry to put you in this situation. I really don't want to be doing this. I'm so sorry. Oh I feel bad God. making it about me. I apologized at least 58 times. Yeah. Uh, it was a constant refrain. I get it. I get what's happening. I'm shitting on everyone's evening. You're all having a good time and trying to make connections. And I'm I'm just ruining it. I ruined it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And oh, I, I, I was shrieking that a lot, just apologizing. And they would come by and I would say, yeah, I realize this is really difficult for you. And I know you're trying to help. I just, I want to acknowledge that right now while I'm aware of it and I can say it. Did, did you hear me say that? And I would wait for their response and say, okay, thank you. And so oh I got, I got really controlling with my language uh-huh. and I kind of gave people roles and told them what they could do and couldn't do to uh-huh. help me uh-huh. and would ask for status updates. Yeah. I was just staggering around this lawn. Finally, I think I rolled down on the ground for a while because that felt a little better, but I got back up on my legs pretty soon afterwards because I felt like I could fight better if I was moving. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, remember, I wondered that, yeah. I remember at one point I started jogging in circles and said, okay, I know this looks silly, but this is helping me. This is actually, this is good. I feel a little better now. Okay, okay, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna run around. So I'm running in circles. <laughs> And sometimes I would kind of look up and I wouldn't see anybody. So I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm on my own again now. And and then other times there would be a few people. Sometimes there'd be a lot of people. And I could kind of see people lining up along the deck. I remember one woman who was trying to get very close to me was the shaman from the previous evening. Uh The one who likes to go to the pool, as we all do. Uh, So she would try to get close and I'd tell her to go away. I think she brought me water the first time. I'm not sure on any of this. But yeah, sometimes I would see other people who were on their ayahuasca trips. Yeah. Other participants. In my mind, I thought everyone had stopped. I'd ruined the ceremony. And they're all aware that, crap, this guy is dying on our front lawn. He's talking about his family and his work and how he can't die. I get this is bad for Rhythmia. You invited me out here. And now I'm dying on your lawn. And and this is going to be a news story. And you're all going to be talking about the dead podcaster who died on ayahuasca. Oh, my God. And I said, I know legality is going to come into this. And I said, oh, no, I just said legality. I'm so sorry. Oh, I I don't want it to go that way. I, I didn't mean to lead the conversation there. But I have no control over what I'm saying right now. And I hope you understand that. Why at this point aren't they like, oh, yeah, good point. This is bad optics. Let's take you to the fucking ICU. That would be nice, wouldn't it? At the same time, I was picturing people coming to grab me and put me on a gurney or something. And Uh that was a horrifying thought to me. Well, sure. You're on drugs. But that's what they need to do as medical professionals who run a licensed hospital. Yep. Uh, And this also obviously made me feel terrible when I heard about it because we had made this deal like, oh, Ross feels safe. Cool. We'll switch off. I'll go to some talks. And then I find out this is happening while I'm down in my room. And I had gone up 
every other night just to walk by and check. And every other night, you know, I'd like see you walking up, being cool. And I was like, okay, yeah, he's safe. Everything's having fine. having a good time. So by night four, I was like, you know, he's fine. Uh, in my mind, I think they're contacting you and bringing you up. I think that they're getting ready to call my wife. I remember yeah, saying- Yeah, you said you asked for me. Later. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, at this point, I remember saying, don't call Cara. I, I don't want her to worry until it's too late. Uh, but do tell her that I love her if I die and tell my son that I love him. And I'm trying to oh like God. put all that out because I, I can't believe this is the way I go. I didn't think that was even a possibility. Yeah. I knew I would be under the influence of a drug, but I didn't think I could actually die I'm talking about all this to everybody yeah. pretty loudly. I, th- I think I was pretty loud at this point. And to pull back for a second, there are two possibilities here. One is that you are just having an ayahuasca-induced panic attack. But the other is that people do die on ayahuasca. And I yep. really doubt you can tell those two things apart. So err on the side of caution and take that person to the hospital. Oh, absolutely. This seems like the perfect time to get me strapped up on a gurney, put an IV in me, Uh knock me out. Oh, I wanted that. I was begging for it. Like, can someone make this stop? Can anyone make this feeling stop? I am so miserable right now. Can you knock me out? Is there something you can inject me with that'll make uh me stop feeling this? I was also begging, can anyone please help me throw up? How do I throw up? Just tell me how. I want to throw up. And that wasn't happening. I remember I picked one woman who turned out to be... Sally, we called her. Very sweet woman, very kind face. She had come up to me and I had kind of chosen her. I said, okay, you're going to be my lifeline right now. I can talk to you. Are you going to help me? And she said, yeah, I'm going to help you. She was very sweet. I said, okay, well, can I get another glass of water? And so she made sure that someone got me another glass of water. And I would you know, say various other things and she'd give me calm and cool responses. And I'd say, I, you know, I know this is really difficult for you right now and I'm putting you under a lot of pressure and I really appreciate your attitude and all of this. And, and I was full of love for everyone too. But don't touch me. Yeah, but don't touch me, right. But at the same time, I was trying to express my gratitude for everyone. And I remember seeing Rhiannon, my bunkmate, she came out to watch the show at some point. And I remember sort of seeing her just barely in the distance. And, oh, I like you. You're wonderful. And I remember Oh my God, you're making crazy eyes at me too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was definitely doing that because I was just struggling to see anybody. So I would open my eyes as wide as I could. Various people kind of came into and out of my circle and I would sort of let them get close to me and be my negotiator for everybody else. Can you do the crazy eyes at me? I'm going to take a picture. Okay, cool. That'll be on Facebook. So they kept encouraging me to come back in, come lay down in the circle. You just need your healing. And that idea was just so repulsive to me. The thought of being shoulder to shoulder with other people in that room with those smells again and that music. Like I was getting really sensitive to sounds and smells. Uh uh All of it was repulsive to me. I just wanted to be away from everything, but I couldn't. I couldn't get everything far enough away from me. HSP. What's Do you remember that? that? It was this thing that people believed in for like two years in the mid 2000s called a highly sensitive person. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So then I'd be up again and questioning is this real is this even happening is this some kind of sick dream i can't believe this is actual reality oh my that God. i am here and i am dying in costa rica this wasn't supposed to happen you're right it wasn't supposed to happen and i was super self-conscious about how i'd ruin this for everybody else oh i bet so, so as i'm apologizing i'm saying I'm still holding on to this shred of an idea that like tomorrow I'll just wake up and this never happened. Or can you all just like work with me and like forget this ever happened and pretend like I never said any of this stuff if I live? Are they responding to that? 
Not to that. Uh-huh. No, because I, I don't think I gave them an option. Oh, and I would say one thing and then I would comment on that and then I would comment oh, on the comment right, right. and I would comment on what they were thinking and then I would comment on what I think of what they're thinking. <laughs> so there were multiple layers. Yeah, they can't get a word in edgewise. And I would say, I realize I'm there's no good at response to what I'm doing here and I'm asking you to help me, but I'm also keeping you far away and that doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. And I, I'm talking like that a lot because I'm just panicking at this <laughs> point. I get, I get that. I've made it difficult for you and you're scared and I'm scared and I, I just, I screwed this up. I'm so sorry. I fucked it up. And then at one point as I'm moving around and standing up, I feel like I'm starting to lose a little control of my bowel movement. And I announced to everybody because I have no control over what I say or don't say, oh, that's great. Well, there goes every last bit of dignity I had left. I think I just soiled myself. <laughs> oh, no. Also, I realize this isn't funny in the moment. It was not funny the next day when you told me, but we've gotten used to it now. Yeah, and I was telling everybody, I get it too. I get it. There's a certain sense of humor to this. (laughs) I can see why this might even be funny. This guy is like freaking out and dying on the lawn and he's saying all kinds of crazy. I get the humor value, so it's okay if you want to (laughs) laugh. I was saying that too. Okay, good. I got permission. I said so many things. Oh my God. So many. I was... Stream of consciousness, uncontrolled, unmitigated for two, three hours. And no one else seemed to be doing this? No. And in my mind, everyone else had somehow just snapped to pure soberness. Oh, right. And were going to try to fix me and heal me. Right, right. And so finally, they insisted continually on getting me back in the room. Okay. So I finally agreed, okay, I'm going to move closer, but I don't want you to touch me. I'm going to do it on my own, and I'm going to get back and I got towards the flight deck. I, I think I did it mostly on my own. I feel like at some point they had to help me up or something, but I got back on the deck and they got me in a bean bag in that open area. Uh-huh. So there's kind of the two wings on either side of the flight deck, the main room. And one of them is just open air. There's no windows or anything. And so they got me in a bean bag there and I'm still just talking like this and everybody's around me who's having their experience in that room and I'm apologizing and I'm ruining it for all of you. But at this point, I still felt like I was dying, but I was a little more cogent maybe. Uh-huh. And I, Oh, cogent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what a fancy word. Good job, Ross. Oh, and I was this whole time I was just thinking, oh, someone's got to be getting this on video. But then I realized no one is allowed to have their cameras right now. Right. And so I... Oh, which brings a whole other level to that rule for me. Yes. No one to document anything bad happening. I really wish there was. And I did, I remember I did kind of look around occasionally and I'm trying to scan the distance. See, is Carrie here? Is she recording this? Is she aware? Because I knew you would if you were here. Oh, I would have fucking railed on them. I would have been like, get him to a hospital right now. They would have taken you. I would have made a scene. So I was also thinking that, and I was also nervous about the thought of Carrie being there. Oh, I thought, oh no, if Carrie was here, she'd be kind of controlling the situation and telling everyone what to do. And I don't know if I want that. And so I was kind of nervous about that. And I remember sitting in the beanbag and seeing in the distance, there was a dog, Akaya. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And saying, Tell Carrie she can play with the dog, that it's okay. She doesn't need to worry about this. She should play with the dog. And that I, I think that would be a good thing for her to do. <laughs> so 
that, they didn't come and tell me. That was my thought of what Carrie should be doing at the moment. I was nervous that she'd come in and there would just be this bundle of Carrie energy. And I wasn't ready to handle that just now because <laughs> uh, I was still trying to get everyone away from me. But what I would do is I would lock onto one person and talk their ear off. Uh-huh. And so there was one guy who was sort of an assistant shaman. And at first there was something about him that kind of irritated me, uh-huh. but he was sort of assigned to me for a moment. So I said, okay, well, you're my lifeline now. What's your name? Okay. I'm asking him to do things for me. I say, can we turn off the music in there? That is really upsetting to me right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no, we can't do that. So, okay, all right. Well, I guess I'm learning what I do and don't have control over. Okay, so I can't control oh that. God. Fine. Okay, interesting. And, and so I'm <laughs> dictating that. And then at some point he tells me, okay, well, I've, I've got to go back for the ceremony for a moment. I said, oh, oh, inter- oh, you have something else to do. Okay, that's all right. Uh, fine, go ahead. You do that. Who else can talk to me? At one point I saw another gentleman. We, I don't think we've given him a name yet. He has tattoos coming right up to the base of his neck. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember that guy. He looked super uncomfortable. He was, I think, waiting for the bathroom, but he had come within my radius where I could uh-huh. see him. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, no, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And so I was like, you. And I said his name. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I remembered your name. I impressed with myself, not because of you, but because I, you know, I think I only met you once, like on the first day. And I think that's pretty good that I remember you now. I'm sorry. That's not what this is about. I, and I, I can't remember. I asked him some question or something, but I could just feel his discomfort. Like, ugh, I don't want to be part of your thing right now. Right. And so I'm dictating that. And I get it. You're uncomfortable. You don't want to have anything to do with me. Sorry to pull you out of your comfort zone. But I want you to know that I like you and it's totally okay. And I'm dying. (laughs) And I, yeah, I'm telling people you're doing the best you can. I appreciate that. Meanwhile, I'm also talking about, you know, the liability. And it was here in the beanbag that finally occurred to me. Where's Jerry? Shouldn't Jerry be here right now? Yeah. And I kept asking them, where's Jerry? Can you have Jerry come here? I feel like he should be aware of this. Yes. Does he know this is happening? Or Dr. Jeff, someone. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about Dr. Jeff, but I just thought it wasn't at all in my mind that Jerry's also taken the drug and he's Uh off on his, you know, flight to the moon or whatever at the moment. But but there was no Jerry. Didn't see him at all. Didn't know where he was. I was kind of near the bathroom Mm-hmm. On that side in the beanbag chair, sort of faced outward and toward the eating area. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So like right in between that registration desk where we first came in and the eating area. I was sort of angled that way. That's why I saw the dog playing off in the distance that Carrie should go play with. <laughs> and I'm dying, but don't worry. Don't yeah, play with this dog. Don't make a scene. And again, I'm telling them just, you know, don't upset Cara with this just yet, but let her know that I love her. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you didn't want me to do this, but I did this. And now here I am dying. I didn't think I was going to die. I didn't think that was a possibility. So I'm saying all these things. They're still imploring me to come over and join them in the healing ceremony. Okay. But I think this is a great time for a pledge break. <laughs> I do too. I mean, I'm not on the edge of my seat at all. <laughs> so guys, we already told you what would happen if you joined us at the $5 a month or $10 a month level. We sure did. Just as a reminder, bonus content, amazing pin. But let's say you say, I want to do one better. Or maybe you're already at that $10 a month level and you want to up the ante. Okay. $20 a month. $20 a month, lovingly curated for you by Max Fun hosts. You will have the Max Fun family cookbook with recipes from various Max Fun hosts, including me. Dozens of recipes. Carrie had a lot of ideas for this. Yeah, I tried to squeeze some Rhythmia recipes and the sperm cookies from OTO in there. (laughs) They were like, what? Okay, uh, we'll take your 
normal vegan recipes. Things that people can really eat. Yeah. And you also get some handsome space-themed cookie cutters because, as you all know... Max Fun Rocket. Max Fun Rocket. And a star. And and the the moon, moon. which is Rhythmia-themed. Your friend. Exactly. Now, let's say you're like, that sounds good, but I want even more stuff. No problema. You can go to the $35 a month level. You get a one liter juice carafe. It's beautifully and permanently engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. And it's not just for juice. You can display things in it. You could use it as a vase. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely drink container. And we have higher levels and they also have great gifts. And you can see them all at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And now's the time to do that. If you go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, you can see all of the membership tiers and all of the cool stuff that comes with it and sign up. Should we tell them some of our on-rack specific? I think we should leave them hanging and tell them that at the end. Okay, keep listening and we will tell you more at the end. real good stuff. But guys, if you're at a computer right now, maybe you listen to this on the web. Well, first of all, say hello to the library for us. Second of all... You can go and donate right now on your computer. Yeah, as long as you're not driving your car or something. Right. And if you are... Pull over. Pull over or leave yourself a note in your to-do list app. There you go. Telling you to donate to Maximum Fun later. Yeah, man. You'll feel that sense of ownership that you help make this possible, that every episode that comes out was supported by you. Have any of your other friends taken ayahuasca for you? Have any of your other friends gotten near candle? Have any of your other friends... Gone undercover in Scientology for you? No, that's what I thought. Well, you can support us and make us do more crazy things until one of us dies by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And let's find out if one of us dies right now. So I was on the beanbag. They were imploring me to come over and join the circle. And finally, I got to the point where I thought, okay, okay, I can do it. Let me do it on my own, everybody. I can make it. I can get over there. So I start drunkenly crawling across the floor. Oh, my God. Occasionally toppling over to get back into the center circle. So I go past my own mattress and end up in the circle. And I'm still talking. And they've got Cece sitting at this place in the circle at the very end. And I think they were mixing men and women. I thought they'd said <laughs> oh, earlier okay. they went. Out. Oh, by the way, this whole time I've had my shirt off. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> the, uh, I've been out. Uh, oh, yeah. You're dancing around a fire with your shirt off, screaming yep. at people with your shirt off. Oh, yeah. And that's why cool. I'm feeling the ants really good. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. This whole time I'm shouting at everybody, I'm shirtless out there in the middle of Costa Rica. <laughs> and so they start to ask Cece if she'll like step aside so I can sit there in the circle. Uh-huh. And they're trying to help me over there. And I say, well, don't, don't move, Cece. I don't want to disrupt her. Uh-huh. Uh, and... I'm ruining the ceremony. Right. But at right. this point, I'm just like, you know, I still have no control over it. Maybe my control has risen to 5%. Oh, okay. I, I don't Congrats. know. Yeah, I'm feeling ever so slightly more control. But so I realize, oh, I shouldn't be saying that right now. It shouldn't be super loud. And so they finally get me seated down in the circle. I'm at the very edge of this half circle around the shaman area. And they come right over to me like magnets. And I'm surrounded by the main shaman, but also all these other people. And they are spitting this chandu at me. And I'm getting it from all angles. And they've got the weiras. And they're Whoa. waving them over and around me. And you know, like, it's well, interesting they're allowed to spit on you, but not on a fire. Is this a, a matter of the dignity of myself versus a fire? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I guess that's how they, well, they this, see it. This is special spiritual spitting right. of chandu. You remember like those 
drive-through car washes. Well, they still mm-hmm. have them. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you get inside there and you're you're under the glass and you just see like flap, 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 flap. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. That's me. I'm just getting <laughs> spritzed all over and I'm just smelling this alcohol come up into my system and I'm getting hit with these weiras just from all sides. And this goes on for a long time. Everyone's chanting. They've just got special chants. You know, I'm just making sounds, but uh-huh. they have like a particular language to them. You know, the whoosh noises. There's a lot of that going on. Whoosh, whoosh. And that they're making. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. As, as they're totally covering me in this, I don't think I can see anybody else because I'm just ensconced in this crowd of This is terrifying. Washers. I close my eyes because they tell you to close your eyes. And so th- that goes on for, I, I want to say, many minutes. Oh, my God. And Were you scared? This is the most scared I've ever been in my life. Oh, for the, yes. The, I, I realize. I guess I meant, was this extra scary having a bunch of people leaning over you, spitting oh. on you? I think the reason I'd finally agreed to crawl over is that the revulsion was going down. Okay. So I still had a bit of it, but at this point, I was starting to get better with it. And breathing in the alcohol did clear up my passages. So I sat there for those many minutes. And then finally, they did start to move on to the other people, and they continued along the circle. They didn't spend as much time with the other ones. But slowly, as I was sitting there, I realized, oh, well, this did something, or it's wearing off, or whatever. But I was starting to feel my consciousness creep back felt like I was becoming more in control of my brain. I did stop talking finally. I think while they were doing it to me, I did stop talking and I stayed not talking because I was still making loud requests and stuff, and which I'm now very embarrassed about. And as they were moving farther down the circle, I got to this point where, oh my goodness, I'm in control again. It's my body again. Oh, whoa. Just like snapped into sobriety? N- not, no, it was a slow okay. creeping thing. But I realized like, oh my God, wait, oh, I can do things now. And this whole time I've You're been controlling your arms. Again. Yeah, this whole time I'd been spasming as well. That hadn't gone away. So oh, I'd have okay. occasional spasms while I'm yelling out and flailing on the ground out there. And so I think at some point I asked, wait, can I say something? And they're like, no, 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 no. Because I want to like make said enough, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I think they handled that probably in the best way they possibly could. Because I wanted to like make an announcement to everyone uh. that like, I'm better now if you're worried. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm back in my body. So I they realize d- you all knew the word cogent. And I don't know if that was one of the words. I used many words that I was <laughs> impressed. Oh. Oh, boy. I was asking people to let me know if they thought I was intelligent and like if uh, they were impressed at how much awareness I had of this and oh, all kinds of stupid, embarrassing things were coming out of my mouth. And then I was aware that that was stupid and embarrassing. And so I'm I'm not this isn't an ego thing. I just I think this is really fascinating, this whole process and that I'm aware of it. And oh, man, it was nonstop monologue from us. So many things that I said. And I'm now starting to feel the crush of them. And I'm just sitting there quiet and going, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. And I break down crying. I just, it, it's probably the hardest bawling I've ever done in my life. And I'm just Aww. crying like a child. And no one can like hug me or touch me or anything at this point. And they probably think I don't want them to because I've been yelling at them to get away from me for the last four hours or however long it's been. Finally, like I'm waiting to ask someone, like, can I go to my cot and get my journal at least? Yeah, you know, I can't talk to anyone. I'm just feeling mortified that this has all happened. And so... I just eventually turn around from the circle. I crawl back to my mat, grab my journal, crawl back to the healing circle, and I wait for other people to get healed. And I write on the back of my notebook, my Rhythmia workbook. Here, let me see. We won. Thank you all. I'm back. I'm okay. I'm sorry. In all capital letters. In all caps, in pen. I look down ashamedly at the ground and I put this up above my head and I slowly rotate it around the room because I can feel a lot of eyeballs on me. Yeah. Later on, I realize 
everyone behind me on my side of the flight deck was aware of what was going on for the most part. They knew okay. Ross was having a meltdown. Uh-huh. Everyone on the other side, I think, had no idea. Okay, so you, so now you're just lifting this above your head and they're like, yeah, and you won? Primarily <laughs> facing it toward them. And yeah, I'm seeing faces across the way and all of them are either trying to avoid my eye oh. or they're giving me these very sweet glances oh, and like, smiles. Okay, good. I'm good. getting a lot of namastes, you know, with the hands. Oh, yeah. And then I turn around and I kind of look down and I look up and I look down because I'm... Real Norma Ray moment. <sighs> these are the people that are kind of more aware of what's going on and they see it. I'm right next to the guy with the tattoos that I've made super uncomfortable before. And so uh, he's smiling at me, but also trying to avoid my gaze too much. I think I've made him thoroughly uncomfortable. And people behind me are, some of them are teary eyed and a lot of them are smiling at me and they're blowing kisses and showing me love is very sweet. That's great. The people behind me who are aware of this. And And what time do you think it is now? I would say probably around eight in the morning. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So you've been there 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I know the ceremony went well past when we were supposed to end. Mm-hmm. I remember we were there at least till 9.30. Oh, my God. When they finally released us. So I, <laughs> I, I'm breaking down, crying repeatedly, just waiting for the ceremony to end. I finally go back to my cot and breaking down, crying again. And eventually they do call us all up. They have the closing ceremony and they talk about oh this is our final night oh this was a real wild time and there's some nervous laughters in there Mm -hmm. and all this contextual stuff and they're trying to make it about everybody but a lot of people are aware of the Ross show and what has happened here and they were having people share their experiences now other people are starting to speak up and talk about what they've been doing and I'm still embarrassed and crying so I sit there silently for a long time not sure I even want to contribute I'm Mm -hmm. just in the midst of the crowd at this point And finally, after a few people have given their stories, I do chime in and say, you know, I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this, but I had a really tough time tonight. I thought I was dying. And I just want to thank everybody for supporting me. And you're all beautiful. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I made it. They kind of clap for me. And afterwards, I go around and just like every person I can see, I walk up to them, crawl up to them and apologize profusely. And the, the first few just tell me like, no, don't do that. Stop mm-hmm. Stop apologizing. You have nothing to be sorry for. Mm-hmm. And and I go first to the shamans. I think I've like tried to focus on all the shamans and go up to them to thank them for their role in helping me. I thank Jean. I thank Micah. And I, I could never read Micah. I, I feel like there was a little bit of contempt and irritation that I messed with his ceremony. Uh-huh. But he was playing it pretty stoically. So I couldn't tell exactly what his uh, impression was of me. But he was gracious. Yeah, so I would I would go apologize to people, and then I would just thank them and uh, hug them. And so I was going around hugging everybody. Aww. So everyone I could see, people I'd never even met before at this whole ceremony, if they made eye contact with me, I'd, you know, mouth thank you. And then I'd work my way over to them, and I'd apologize and hug them. And they'd be like, Aww. oh, no, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, so eventually I did stop apologizing, but I started just thanking everybody. You're that, still not totally sober, right? Not totally, but okay. I'm, feel, I'm, I'm myself again. Right, okay. And I think finally the spasming 
went down at this point. Okay. Yep. So that just took a long time, me going around and talking to everybody. And Rhiannon in particular, she hung around me and she was just super supportive. And she said, oh, you were... You were so nice to everybody. And Aww. then she said something that was meant to make me feel better because I was saying how embarrassed I was that I had just ruined everyone else's experience with all my loud proclamations and commands and demands. And she said, oh, no, no, no. You're not the big show you think you were. Like, not that many people were even aware of what was going on. It was mm. just a handful. So you didn't really inconvenience anybody. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... Well, why wasn't this a big deal? Yeah, I think I'm with you on this. Why wasn't Carrie notified? Right. Why didn't no one know this happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no record of this whatsoever. Well, not, there were some people who saw it. Yeah. I I remember asking people too if they could remember my last words. Oh, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but can you make sure this gets to my wife? And oh, I'm saying, yeah, did uh, they remember? I don't know. I didn't oh, okay. ask them later. Well, if anyone's listening to this and they were there with us at Rhythmia and you remember Ross's last words, <laughs> let us know. <sighs> oh, but yeah, dude, the whole point of Rhythmia is how safe you're going to be and how if anything close to this happens, they will take you down the hill to the ICU. They or, don't. Yeah, or if needed, to an ER. Because they have a helipad there in order to take you to and from an ER. I saw Jerry there. He wasn't making any eye contact with me whatsoever, <laughs> as far as I could tell. Yeah, because I'm looking all around and hugging people. But anytime I look toward him, he is not paying attention to me. Yeah. So as far as I'm aware, he's totally tuned out from this whole situation. Yeah, this is super disturbing. But, it's funny now because we know you survived. Right. But right. you could have just as easily not come out of it and we would have lost you because they didn't do anything for you. Right. I'm back as myself, but I'm just so exhausted and empty and people ostensibly are allowed to go have breakfast next. Mm. But I'm not feeling it. I just yeah. I just want to stumble back to my room. And it's gone past. At least it's 930 now. Right. So you know I'm up and at a talk. You're up and at a talk. And I know we're supposed to be meeting with Jerry to interview him in, I think, an hour and a half. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think we originally had oh our schedule to talk to him at 11 o'clock. Part of the stipulation of us coming to Rhythmia was that we would interview for our show both Dr. Jeff, the chief medical officer, and Jerry Powell. The owner. The owner and founder and discoverer of Rhythmia. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to be talking to him very soon. Yeah. I just go back to my room and I want to lay down and change, try to recuperate as much as I can before I need to get on with the rest of my day. And you had started texting me by this point because you knew I was up. I was at the 9 a.m. talk. The answer is you just sitting there with like five people who had made it. And I start getting these texts that are like, oh, man, that was really bad. Felt myself dying. Felt my body shutting down. Asked them to find you. They wouldn't. Tried to go to the hospital. They wouldn't take me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Meanwhile, I'm listening to like. (laughs) You're in a class. Yeah, I'm in a class listening to Paola talk about, you know, (laughs) really important deep things. And I'm reading this and I wrote down, holy fuck, Ross's texts are scary. (laughs) Oh, man. I was worried. One other thing I remember as I was returning to my mat and finally able to put my shirt back on. I was checking back through my notes, what I'd written earlier, and I saw I had put down here, that second cup was for you, listeners. Yeah, way to go, listeners. Yeah, now, now I feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have put that on them. But I remember thinking, oh, I've gotten it too easy tonight. Uh, I need to ramp this up a bit. Let's have the second cup and go with it. But 
then what happened happened. Don't worry, you don't need to write the email you feel like writing saying, Ross, you should really be more careful. That is the lesson here. And we learned that lesson. I get it. I get it. And the next thing in my notes after I had written, I'm sure I'll be back at the bathroom soon is, well, that was officially the worst trip ever. I was dying. Everyone here saved me. (laughs) Except they didn't. (laughs) They should have, though. The ministrations were all spiritual. Right. And non-physical, as far as I could tell. I think maybe inhaling alcohol helps. Maybe. That did either it had reached its expiration point. Yeah, they also waited a long time to do that. Yeah, this was many hours long. Right. And it was the most miserable I've ever been. It was the most scared I've ever been. And I consider it a near-death experience. Now, in reflection, I can say my chances of dying were not as high as I was convinced of sure. at that time. My, But they were still present. Yeah, my Bayesian reasoning tells me it wasn't zero either. No. I no, wa- people die on ayahuasca. I want to say the way I was feeling... I'll say, you know, at least a one-third chance that I would have actually died. I don't know, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, that's really scary. It was so scary. Now, we would later ask Jerry and Jeff for their opinions of this, and we'll tell you about that in our next episode. But before we get there, I think we have a wonderful announcement to make, Ross. Okay, this is the most fun part of our Max Fun Drive. Yes, where we tell you about our on-rack specific goals. So, Maximum Fun wants to get 25,000 new sustaining donors or upgraded memberships throughout the entire Max Fun Drive, but we have some specific goals just for Ono, Ross, and Carrie. So when you become a MaxFun donor, they ask you about your listening habits and you get to choose all of the shows on MaxFun that you listen to. Yeah. If you choose Ono, Ross, and Carrie during that process, then we add you into our tally of how many new and upgrading members we've got. And we've got some goals for you. Yeah. And just a note to all of our listeners who are currently Maximum Fun supporters, but perhaps have found us within the last year, this is a great time to go in and update your listening habits and just let Maximum Fun know which shows you're listening to. And include us. Include us. Because that's how you make sure that a portion of your donation goes to us. Okay. So if within this Maximum Fun drive, if we get 1,500 new Ono, Ross, and Carey subscribers or upgraded members, what do they get? They get us watching the Scientology TV network live for three hours. So you've already experienced, hopefully you've gotten to see our live gazing with Brazzo. It wasn't with Brazzo. We did the Brazzo (laughs) style style gazing with Ella Poppy, who came to join us for Mm -hmm. a while. And Drew Spears. And if you didn't see that, you can still find it on facebook.com forward slash onrec. But now we'll do a live streaming viewing. You can watch along with us, the Scientology TV network, a.k.a the longest running infomercial of all time. And we will play a drinking game where we take a drink every time they say banjos, quiche, clear, or dynamics. And we'll let out a hearty hip hip hooray every time LRH or L. Ron Hubbard are mentioned. Pretty good, you guys. Now let's say you're like, that's pretty good, but we want a little more. Well, if we get to 2,000 new or upgrading OnRack donors... We are going to give you something really good. We are going to make an exclusive album just for donors of Carrie and I singing our favorite Disney tunes together. Acapella. Acapella. From memory. No accompaniment. 
and just whatever we remember. So you'll get to hear us stumble through it together. Because you guys love to feed the birds so much. We heard (laughs) so much about that. Let's say we get to 2,500 new or upgrading members Yeah, let's say that. Let's say that. We will then beg. We will beg on our hands and knees, Mike Cleland. The owl guy. Owl guy to come join us on the show. We'll pay his cost to fly out here. Or, you know, if he just wants to do a remote interview, we can do that too. But we'll try to get him here and hang out with him and record a show with him. But if he turns us down, we have a backup plan for this level. We will do a live podcast episode from an owl sanctuary yeah or bird sanctuary where there are owls we will get around an owl you will get some more owl content let's just say that exactly now let's say we get three thousand yeah let's say that which is possible it's it's happened there are definitely three thousand people listening to this right now there's actually way more so if you all come and become members you will get a pdf map of all of our investigations some real hot spots across the continent. And not just places we've been to, but places that are related and intrinsically tied to our investigations. Yeah, it'll be a plotting of all of these relevant points of interest connected to our investigations and where they got started. And I will illustrate it. Disney employee Ross Blotcher (laughs) will illustrate it for you. We've been wanting to do this for a long time. I think it would be a really fun thing. And then you could take your own on-rack tour across the country if you wanted. So help us get there. Support us at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Follow the instructions. Sign up for the appropriate level for you. And make sure to choose us as the show you listen to. And you can choose more than one show, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all the ones you enjoy and listen to. Exactly. Everyone you love. And also, we have a couple more stretch goals up our sleeve if you already make it to 3,000. Yeah, so if, if you get us there, we'll announce some uh, ex- oh, man. some exciting and one very extreme thing that we yes. will do for you. I'll, I'll just tell you this. The 3,500 goal is really exciting and something that I think people across the world will be excited about. And the 4,000 goal is something we do not want to do. And probably a lot of you will say, no, really, don't do that. You don't need to do that. But (laughs) But, I think you want us to. But I think 80% of you will be like, yeah. But let's see if we can get to 3,000 first. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being there as part of our show. We love all the feedback we get. Yeah, and thank you for everybody who's really like stuck with us from the beginning. You used to get these episodes once a month. Now you get them every single week. We're not necessarily able to do a bunch more investigations, but we are able to produce all of these extra shows for you, so you get to follow us throughout the month. And that move to the weekly format was directly related to your support. Yes, definitely. That is the only reason we moved to weekly. It made it possible. We could not have done it otherwise. You can ask someone who's been listening to OnRack for a long time. Have them tell you about the days when they had to wait a whole month just to hear, are they back at Scientology? You don't have to do that. Yeah, they'll tell you what what dark days those were. But now we are living in the light. But remember, not only do you get those pledge goals, you also get just at $5 a month, you get all of that bonus content from our show and from all the other shows on Maximum Fun. At $10 per month, you get the amazing, we'll post a picture of this on our Facebook page, amazing pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. At $20 a month, you get the cookbook, you get the cookie cutters. At $35, you get the gorgeous carafe etched permanently and beautifully with the MaxFun logo. 
And there are more incentives even beyond that at the $50, $100, and $200 per month levels. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you get to the $200 a month level. You're max fun royalty, essentially. You are. And you get some really fun, cool stuff when you get there. So yeah, head on over to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and join the team, you guys. Come join the community. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I did survive my fourth night on ayahuasca. I made it. Thank you all. We won. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is a harrowing story, Ross. And thank you for doing all that for all of us. Well, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one should feel bad that I was doing it for listeners. That was my own idea. And I'm glad I made it. My wife is glad I made it. She was none too happy about any of this. Yeah. But we will tell you more about our story, including where the SD card went. And and you'll get to hear some interviews with Jeff and Jerry, but they come with a twist. And we'll tell you about that, too. The story continues to get wild. Yes. This probably already feels like the other shoe dropped. Shoes just keep dropping and dropping. It There's is more a shoes. centipede up in here. <laughs> And we have something really special, this Max Fun Drive, that we've never done before, but we wanted to make this week really special and exciting for all of you guys. So every time you hit a thousand additional members for Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we will release a new episode immediately following that. So if you hit a thousand new members for OnRack, you get the next Rhythmia immediately. Can you do it in two days? I don't know. Can you? Can you? I don't know. And every time we do that, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, we will release new episodes right then. You get all of these free, exciting, cool episodes smashed into Max Fun Drive if you become a member now. Well, that's it for this show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. And you can find our videos and pictures and all that good stuff on facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And follow us on Twitter at Ono Podcast. And maybe you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a friend. And remember, Pachamama by Nessie Gomez. And I'll share and light it up on the solely lies its trees. And I'll share and light it up. La lunita y las estrellas. Siento a fuego dentro, dentro. Siento a fuego aquí te encuentro. Siento a fuego dentro, dentro. Siento a fuego aquí te encuentro Pachamama en este fuego Pachamama aquí te encuentro Pachamama en este fuego Pachamama aquí te encuentro Vuela, vuela aguilita Vuela, vuela con MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.